Back to the final word, India-England Daily, the fourth test match. Adam Collins is me. Jeff Lemon is him. He's going to tell you all about the first day in the space of 30 seconds. In 30 seconds, uh, it didn't go so badly for England. Won the toss, put uh, decided to bat, lost three wickets quickly. Uh, Mohamed Siraj bowled really well up the top, but then they managed to stabilise through Bairstow and Stokes. Stokes made 55. Uh, Ollie Pope made 29. Dan Lawrence made 42. And it seemed like every time they were just about to get some stability, the Indian spinners found a way through. They shared eight wickets between them in the end. Siraj two up top. England bowled out for 205, but they'd probably take that. Uh, and India lost one wicket before they'd scored. Jimmy Anderson picked one up uh, before the close. Well done. Nicely surmised. Isn't it weird that uh, at the start of the series, England piling on runs, batting so well as they did in Sri Lanka as well. And now we consider getting into the 76th over on day one after winning the toss on a pretty good track and being all out 205, a good result. I, I think it speaks to the wear and tear above the shoulders, especially in the second test at Chennai and the third test last week that the very fact that they made it to 200 for the first time in six innings is seen as somewhat of an achievement? Yeah, I mean, that was the achievement. Um, five innings in a row that they hadn't been able to get over 200 runs, which was something that hadn't happened since the 1800s for England, um, you know, that they'd been bowled out for, for scores that low. So getting there was was important. Jack Leach brought it up by smacking a full toss through cover. And there was a, a sense of relief at the time, I thought, that you know, yeah. at least they'd got to that mark um, and at least it would give them something to work with. The pitch, everybody likes talking about the pitch. This one didn't look as underprepared as the one from the third test. It looked a bit more like a, a solid batting pitch though, so probably 205 still wasn't enough. They probably needed to get something closer to 300 on this one. Yeah, either side of T. I mean, they stitched together three partnerships in succession in the 40s and Ben Stokes was instrumental to a couple of those, making a half century. But losing five wickets in the space of 14 overs after T, I mean, it could have easily been all out 180 or something like that. And the fact that they did sort of tick over 200, and let's not diminish the performance of India's bowlers. They were quite outstanding, the spinners on day one for the second test in succession. But it does kind of give them something to bowl to. And Anderson gets a wicket uh, inside the first over of uh, India's reply, Shubman your leg before wicket lovely bit of bowling uh, he's going exceptionally five overs five maidens one for none but yeah it kind of vaguely kind of feels like game on even though India are well and truly in the driver's seat having taken all those 10 wickets on the first day yeah, well, particularly given the way things went early. So it was Akshar Patel picking up the first wicket of the innings, as he's done so often in his brief test career so far. Um, it was Dom Sibley playing for turn and leaving a massive gap between bat and pad. That was the weirdest thing about that dismissal was, you know, Sibley's an opener. He's He's been around. He's seen what's happened in this test match. And yet he still left that gap big enough for a truck to get through. Um, and Akshar Patel was able to get the inside edge onto his stuff. Um, and then Zach Crawley fell to the same bowler trying to force the pace and, and skied one. And then Joe Root gets a ball from Mohamed Siraj that swings in and nails him on the pad. And you're thinking, well, this is going the same way. They'll be all out under 100 here. Um, and it was the Bairstow and Stokes partnership, but it was also some elapse in the bowling. So the, an interesting thing that I picked up on because... 
Johnny Bairstow was playing the cut shot quite a bit. He got four different shots away in that first session to the boundary on the cut shot. Um, Akshar Patel, in the previous two test matches he's played, so across the full four innings that he's bowled, he's been cut three times in those two test matches. <laughs> this morning in the space of six overs, he got cut three times by Johnny Bairstow. So it was Akshar Patel dropping short as well. We've seen him be so consistent with his length um, throughout this series. And this morning was when he erred a bit and, and England were able to use it to start to rebuild. Yeah, Akshar nearly uh, takes five wickets in an innings for the fourth time in a row. I saw Andrew Sampson posted earlier that he's conceded the third fewest runs to reach 20 wickets in Test cricket history, which is a, a remarkable stat for the third time in succession. Mm. So three times in five innings he's bowled in Test cricket, I should add. He's taken a wicket within two balls of being introduced to the attack. He's just, I mean, it's, uh, it's the pace he bowls at and it's the accuracy. It's reminiscent of Derek Underwood, I suppose, as far as a historical marker. But, I mean, where's the spot for Judasia? I mean, it's kind of a, a fantastic problem for India to have that their mm. traditional second spinner, Jadeja, their main all-rounder, I suppose you would say, so valuable um, to this team. I mean, it, it, he's going to have to do plenty to get past Akshar Patel, which seems remarkable given how effective Jadeja has been, especially at home in the last five years. Well, you and I spoke about Jadeja quite a bit during the series in Australia, saying how is it that he's always been uh, yes. kind of in and out of this team and surely he has to be a lock and then he's gone and got himself injured in the Sydney Test and um, now you're talking about him not being a lock anymore. I still think that Akshar Patel basically is Jadeja as a bowler. They're very, very similar with the way they go about it. But um, Jadeja is a far superior batsman and probably the best fielder in the world. So I, I still reckon pound for pound across the categories, Jadeja gets in ahead of Akshar Patel. Um, but you couldn't ask Akshar Patel for anything more than he's done. Um, he's just He's been prolific on surfaces that, that suit his bowling and, and picked up the early wickets again today and, and I felt for Ishan Sharma who bowled really nicely again he's had such a habit yeah. this series of bowling five or six gorgeous overs off the top of an innings getting swing getting pace getting seam away um, doesn't pick up a wicket and then that's about the last you see of him for the test match yeah, it was Siraj who picked up uh, the two wickets, one either side of lunch. Uh, the second of those was, I wouldn't say controversial. I mean, it was out according to DRS, but the very fact that it was unclear whether Bairstow had inside edged it or it hit his pad, it wasn't clear whether it was given out, caught behind or bowled. In the end, uh, DRS upheld the decision. It was clipping the top of leg stump, but that felt like a pretty big turning point to me. The fact that um, Bairstow and Stokes were just kind of building into a pretty useful partnership. It nearly had reached 50, and then Bairstow finally, in a bit of form, as you mentioned before, cutting nicely before lunch mm. falls and sure he does find a, a decent uh, dance partner I suppose in Ollie Pope to, to join him Stokes and passes 50 but they needed somebody to go big and it wasn't one of the two main spinners that got Stokes either we always see Ashwin immediately come into the attack when Stokes walks out to the middle well it was Washington Sunder who was barely needed in the third test match bowling just four deliveries well he picked up Stokes and that was the other big moment yeah. in the middle session yeah, um, a massive moment. I guess the, the thing with Bairstow is when you're working out why umpires give leg before wicket decisions, so much of it is based on the feel of, of how it looks live. And that was one that just clipped 
the flap of the back pad, but you could see all of the stumps because Bairstow was playing away from his body trying to push at it. And so you, the umpire would have been able to see at least off stump, probably middle stump, and saw it flick the, the, the flap of that pad and just deflect over the stumps. And so that's going to get the finger put up um, all day long. And then Stokes, Stokes is interesting. His innings today was interesting, I thought, in that he was never fully in control. He did play counter-attacking shots. He came down and lofted a six. He tried the sweep shot a few times, um, nailed one reverse sweep. But it, it did always have this feeling for me that it was a, a limited-time-only special offer kind of deal for, for Ben Stokes. Right. And he just got the natural variation from the pitch because Washington Sundar put plenty of revs on the ball, but it just skipped on straight um, and hit him in front. And he'd had a couple that had ragged away. Um, Washington turned it much more than Ravi Ashwin, Ravichandra and Ashwin did um, as an off break. But um, that one went on straight and nailed him in front. Yeah, uh, he brought up the uh, half century with a reverse sweep top scoring on 55. But we haven't talked about Dan Lawrence yet, the second high scorer on 46. He walked out at number seven, I think it was, Jeff, a deeper batting lineup, yeah. folks, at eight. They bolstered that by leaving out Stuart Broad and Joffre Archer, it should be uh, noted on the way through here, has got that elbow soreness back again. I'm not sure what the implications are there for the white ball series and the IPL that follows. But nevertheless, it did give Lawrence that opportunity. And, and much as it was in his first innings in Test cricket, which feels like a long, long time ago now when England started their winter campaign in Sri Lanka. But he used his feet well. He swept well. Um, he has fantastic wrists, which we know uh, which we know of him, having watched him play uh, plenty of cricket for Essex. But, uh, I mean, it's at least something to, to leave this tour on a good note, knowing that he can do it at this level. I thought it was quite smart selection from England in that they know that you're not likely to use your, your pace spearheads a whole lot. So they picked Anderson as their specialist with Stokes to back him up who bowled a couple of overs opening. They've got Leach and Bess who they know will do the bulk of the bowling and then they've got Root in reserve and they've also got Lawrence who can bowl a bit. So picking Lawrence at seven meant that you know, there was a bit of bowling there but there were, there were some runs as well. I like the fact that he came out um, with the intent to attack. He went back to Akshar Patel and played a pick-up pull shot um, one bounce for four. He charged Ashwin and smashed a ball back past him so hard that it nearly took a couple of fingers with him to the fence and it was just going to the well once too often for Lawrence he, he came down the wicket to Akshar Patel again and wasn't to the pitch of it and, and got beaten by the turn and got stumped so there were those moments where England almost had it they had the match in their hands if yeah. they got to 280 you know if they had one of those partnerships be able to get that bit bigger they didn't need huge hundreds but you know 280 would have been a commanding sort of score on, on this wicket whereas 205 um, India with only one wicket down they've got Rohit Sharma and Chiteshwa Pajara to resume on day two that still leaves them with the upper hand you would have thought we haven't mentioned Ashwin yet. It took three wickets, two after T. Pope then, folks. Uh, uh, a dismissal for Pope that was a fraction unlucky given that he got an inside edge. It went mm. off his back flap. Brilliantly taken by Shubham Gill with one hand at short leg. And then the way he set up, folks, was just delicious. Finding the outside edge and taken by Rahane, the ever-safe Rahane at first sleep. I put on Twitter after that, Jeff, in a moment of inspiration. He's the best finger spinner I've ever seen. I, I caveat it by saying that Morley, I mean, I love the man, but I think that Morley probably is more considered a wrist spinner. But Ashwin, it's just the... The, the pressure he builds and when they needed somebody to step up after tea and go through yeah. and start that collapse there he was ever reliable and the variation again because it was sharp 
turn on the ball to Ollie Pope that took it past the, the middle of the bat and got that thick inside edge um, that went you know between his legs and hit the pad and bounced up. And then the ball that went to slip, um, Ashwin floated it up and, and it just kicked on straight. Uh, it was that little sort of floater that maybe drifts away from the right-hander a touch and kicks on straight and, and drew the push to slip. And, you know, Ben Folks has, has played well against spin on occasion, but he's, he's made a number of low scores as well on this tour. So they haven't let his ability, India haven't let his ability um, hurt them for the most part in this series. So, yeah, n- another strong performance from Ashton with three wickets. Um, all the wickets shared around. So one to Washington, four to Akshar Patel, two to Siraj. And um, and, and then India came out to bat and it was it was, uh, it was Jimmy Anderson after making a few runs. Ten not out, if you don't mind, at the bottom of the order. Didn't hurt <laughs> when you make, what, 5% of your team's total runs from number 11. Um, he's on track to be the most prolific number 11 ever, Jimmy Anderson. He's about 20 five runs behind Murley to to take that spot um, and, and then he came out and picked up a wicket uh, without before India had scored and, and didn't give a run away from his uh, what five overs that he bowled first up yeah that might be the place to segue into our Hall of Fame to finish Jeff my uh, nomination is James Anderson uh, for his reverse sweep we always uh, see mm-hmm. Jared Kimber our colleague and mate tweeting about it and there it was again Anderson absolutely nailing a reverse sweep in his not out innings of 10 uh, there are a few yep. other candidates though uh, yeah, there was the Rishabh Pant um, three-card trick where I don't know if this was deliberate or not. I hope it was. But uh, there was a direct hit from Virat Kohli trying to get a run out. The bales flew up in the air and one of them just landed in the sleeve of the glove of Rishabh Pant. And I don't think he noticed at first, but then he reached down to pick the ball up from the ground and must have seen it was blinking and flashing in his glove. But he just left it there and then the umpire was hunting around for it. Like when you've, you put your car keys down somewhere saying, where's the bloody bale gone? And Rishabh's saying, I don't know, sir. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen any sign of it. And it's flashing away furiously in his sleeve um, before the umpire eventually found it. So it's it's not a test match day without some Rishab comedy behind the sticks. I think that'll do for me. This has been the India England Daily on the final word. India will resume tomorrow. 181, 181 runs behind. And when they do, after play, it'll be Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon here with you again. Until then, good night. I had to go about it, write it out and find it myself. And there's some stories I can tell.